Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 110 of the On the Table Gaming podcast. I'm Chase from On the Table Gaming, and I'm here with Simon to discuss the 20th anniversary CMON Expo. And Simon, I think we got we might have to bring in some help for this. This is a pretty big occasion here. I think so. We need a heavy hitter. Who can we so, bring in? Uh, I don't know. Let's see who, who who's around here. We could we could reach out to Fabio Ars is the Fury Curry to uh, to jump in here. Let's let's give him a ring. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, Fabio. Hey, Chase. Uh, what's up? Hey, got a second to talk about the Simon uh, 20th Anniversary Expo? Um. I guess, right? I, I guess we, we just talked about that on the expo, so you should definitely take a look. Yes, but we'll link sure. that in the show notes. <laughs> let's deep dive. All right, let's jump in on this. So thank you so much for jumping on here, Fabio, to, uh, to go through what you kind of just showed on stream here. And uh, before we jump into all that goodness, what's it like doing these streams? Like, do you get nervous? Are you excited? Do you have to, like, rope off your whole day? Well, I'd say... in. In the beginning, I used to get way more nervous. Nowadays, I go through the motions, but when you when you lose your trail of thought during the moment, like in the live stream or something like that, you do get worried and it's like, oh man, how am I going <laughs> to pull myself back up and, and go back to topic? But I think that's just normal and that's how people talk regularly, right? So why wouldn't it be like that on a live stream? But it's it's really fun. It's interesting and it's hard not to get lost reading the comments during the recording. <laughs> yeah, I think the comments are throwing me off. Some of those when they pop up make me laugh or, you know, make me think about them a little bit. So I'm sure they're pretty distracting at times. You know, I feel like there was a healthy discussion of like facial hair before things got started. Is that going to become the new like panel norm here? <laughs> well, when isn't facial hair fun? There we go. That's, <laughs> that's very true. I agree. Um, there were some comments made about a mustache. You got to, yeah, I think you got to, let's see, every time, Fab, we got to switch it up. You know, Michael's got the big mustache. You got the beard coming in here. You're kind of looking like one of those uh, Targaryen freedmen right now. You got the, the sides going <laughs> along here. I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll see. I'll, I, I was thinking sideburns, but if, if, if people want the stash, we'll, we'll try. It's, it's hard. My mustache doesn't really grow as voluptuous as uh, Michael's or yours. So yes, it, it's yes. difficult. It's a, that can be your your year end of year goal here. We'll go for uh, you know an end of year stream. We can show off the, the mustache or something. Buy one of those like um, hair growing oils or balms <laughs> or stuff. Like that's where things went wrong. But anyhow, sorry. <laughs> let's we digress here. So let's jump into what we talked about on the Simon Expo. So uh, one of the first things you guys hit on was talking about the cards and that those are coming soon. You guys are dealing with a lot of those challenges, you know, just distribution stuff, stuff that's out of your control, but they're hopefully just around the corner. Yeah. On that, I'd say that not only these things are out of our control, but in the end, we've noticed that they're impacting the decisions that we have to make moving forward. Right. And a lot of what we said in that stream was exactly that, how we need to see um, how we can do changes regardless of distribution and see how that is, what is the best solution for the game and, and for the state of the game in regards to how frequently changes should be done. And that's something that we've always taken into consideration and we always reevaluate. And I guess that this whole global pandemic and this whole distribution issue in function of this pandemic really made us have to rethink. And now we have a lot of cool plans coming forward. Uh 
you know, actually, and I wanted to ask this on the stream, but uh, has the shift to these quarterly releases, has that impacted anything on your end? Like we've had a lost slew of unit boxes come out this year already. And instead of having kind of trickle out, like, you know, a couple of month, having these like bigger dumps every couple, every quarter, uh, does that change the way you maybe, uh, you know, the way you think about balance, does it make it easier Does it make it harder or is there actually kind of maybe no real impact? Um, I'd say there's no real impact is a, is a big sentence, right? <laughs> there's Fair a enough. lot of wage carrying, <laughs> but I'd say that there is, um, just a small impact because in the development cycle, we're already really years ahead and we're pushing mm -hmm. things forward. So that's really mostly a production and, and pipeline deal. Right. So I kind of know what what's to come and so on. So having quarterly releases just gives me a little breathing space mm -hmm. when, when we're really in the middle of releases, because then I, I can plan more. So I like, I know like, Oh, I have a couple of months for this now for this unit that will be released in one year and a half from now. Right. So we, we have more breathing room if, if that makes sense. Um, how does the feedback today shape what you're doing in a year and a half's time then? Obviously you get a lot of people who offer opinions and, and talk about the game and what they want to see. Does that help shape what you're sort of planning now? It does in a sense of balance. If, if we're changing things now in, in units that exist currently, or if we're thinking about updating a patch, all of that has this trickle down effect. And so we, we do look at the future stuff in regards to the current balance, right? A lot, but I'd say that it's really hard to have like feedback from, from today that will impact, I'd say game design in the, in the sense of new ideas, Mm -hmm. or, or new abilities, because those, even if they're not completely planned out, they're mostly planned out, right? But these new, these new ideas usually come into this conceptual space, which has much less to do with feedback and much more to do with keeping consistent with the lore and, and, and the gameplay effects that we want to exist. Mm. You must have like two brains. You must have your future brain and your current brain. So when you're speaking to different people, you have to engage either one. Yeah, that, that's a way of putting it. It's it's hard sometimes because someone says like, oh, this, this attachment is mostly played in su such and such unit. And then I look and I'm like, no, no, but this attachment is great with these other three that you don't know about. And I can't right. use that obviously as, as an argument or, or even or even as a spoiler, because these things are so way up ahead, right? But definitely we need to like parcel our brain in, 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 in portions. So one of the big things that you guys hit on was, uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you guys are kind of gearing back up with this great expo and this idea of uh, communication, right? And you unveiled that you're looking at approaching the way you interact with the community in a different way, in that you want to be increasing and adding in Potentially, it seemed like it was up for debate monthly or quarterly, or someone was asking for a weekly, uh, <laughs> like kind of song chats or these fireside chats where you do a Q&A, much like you did at CMON Expo, uh, engaging with the community. That sounds like an awesome idea. Did you have a personal preference over like the frequency? Like where, where do you see that being time-wise the most helpful? It's interesting because I believe that our communication is already top-notch. Mm -hmm. 
um, obviously there's always room for improvement and that's exactly where we're going. So in my mind, communication was supposed to happen when needed. Mm -hmm. And we discovered that when needed is actually a matter of keeping it consistent, right? It's the consistency is also needed. Right. <laughs> so I don't know, like maybe once a month would be ideal, but I'm afraid that by doing once a month, like hearth side chats, yep. we, we, we might run out of content. I, mm. I'm not sure. Like we, we really need to figure out the format now. So we, we, we're searching for like the frequency and, and seeing how frequently people are interested in these sorts of chats, but definitely the format will need to adapt to it as well. So once a month does seem very um, feasible for me, but maybe it might be too much, maybe too little. We'll, we'll learn through time. You know, I, sometimes you see other game properties and they have these regular catch-ups, these bulletins. Some of them do it spectacularly well because it's aligned with their release schedule, um, with the way the sort of the mechanisms within the game and how they get product to people. But at times, sometimes you see things where people are scrabbling for the smallest piece of information to, to fill out some kind of content. And I think that what we're seeing here is probably a little bit of a balance because of the release schedule being quarterly because of the rules updates and things like that. It's probably better to do it as and when required rather than to have a hard and fast schedule. Yeah, I agree, but we'll see. Like uh, once again, people were interested mm -hmm. in the idea of having these um, regular um, chats. So if if there is interest, we could at least try, right? And yeah. that's what we're going to do. And I think even at the very least, right? The idea that hey, these are things that we will be doing periodically. Like it's kind of on the books. You know, it gives people something to maybe bookend or be like, oh, well, this is coming at some point versus sometimes maybe having to be like, hey, we're going to talk about this now. And it's like, oh, surprise. Like, that's awesome. Super needed. And people being like, when's the next one? Like, oh, no, like it's been a week and we haven't heard from how the gods abandon us. That's sort of like <laughs> skies falling. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like there's going to be at least something, you know, in the next quarter, like. And we'll wait for that. You know, like I always joke, George R. R. Martin fans, the Song of West of Fire fans, like we can be patient. Uh, we're, we're used to waiting. <laughs> and, uh, you know. That'll work. Another thing about this is um, the fact that the community are driving it. They'll come to you with questions. So it's, it's a slightly different type of way of, of, of communicating is that they want information from the CMON team rather than you always having to generate stuff as well. So I think if you look at the way that you're interacting on the forums now for rules questions and things like that, that's probably a lot easier to manage and have regular content. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something, once again, that through the pandemic, we learned, right, doing the visions in the flames where we were building all these visions in the Flames articles and the format existed before, but people started expecting it weekly, right? And right. I remember when we started, we stopped <laughs> the, the trickle down of visions and, and you could see the comments like on Facebook, for example, and people were like, oh no, where are my visions? And, and the memes, and it was really fun. It, yeah. It was really engaging and it felt really positive, like from our end, like let's write a new article, let's Let's give them more content. That's good. Anyone, you know, everybody's excited and energized. Like it, it, it's influent, it's a uh, infectious, and that inspires like everybody to jump in. But that's a kind of basic behavioralism, right? Where it's like everyone's turned like every Thursday at you know, around this time, and then it's like the one day they ring the bell, you start to drool, and then there's nothing there, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
Well, let's talk about some of the cool units that were revealed and I can't, I can't hold off. So we got to jump in so first. We're going to start with the Knights Watch. No, right? do we have to? Let's jump into the Free Folk Chariots. Okay. On, this is just so cool. I'm already like envisioning like kind of like a Mad Max style, like force here that I can have. Um, and for those that haven't seen the video yet, make sure you go to the CMON YouTube page and check out the Rally the Troops uh, live stream where they show the unit cards and the sculpts there. So you can get a really cool vision of it. But these are a war machine unit for free folk and they've got the order swift retreat. They've only got six wounds. They've got a free uh, maneuver action before they move. And they've got deadly impact where they gain sundering, vicious and deal plus one to hit for each of the defenders remaining, remaining ranks. This is just such a fantastically cool, like new addition to the free folk army i've got to just ask before we jump into specifically like uh how long had you been working on something like this like that's a cool secret to keep like do you ever find yourself in a spot where like you just know there's these like really cool unique things coming and you're you just like can't share them with people yet like you, you just you know you got to keep it a secret see for sure <laughs> and I'd, I'd even say more that like i don't want to spoil a lot but the frozen short chariots are part of a bigger picture here. And that, that's it. That's oh, all I'll say. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you said too much. <laughs> um, now, this is kind of an interesting choice, though. So it's a it's a war machine unit, then. It's, so it's not cavalry. It's not infantry. So that's going to be kind of weird in that it, it only will really interact with the tactics deck. Uh, probably like four or so, I'm thinking, out of the seven cards can actually be used on them. Because I think a lot of the free folk cards are like infantry unit specific. Mm -hmm. Does that make it like tough to balance a unit like this where, um, you know, you've got to think about like how it synergizes and how things can be force multipliers. Then you've got this thing that like kind of straddles a few areas. Um, that's a good question. We talked a lot in this episode already about um, um, foresight and future planning and how far ahead are we, right? And that has a lot to do with your question. So when we developed mm -hmm. the Free Folk Basic deck, we already future-proofed ourselves in a lot of ways, right? By restricting things to infantry and, and, and things like that. So it's not as if we did the 2021 update and said like, oh no, now we have chariots, you know? Like, it was planned. So, and, and that's, that was one of the hard decisions to make them a war machine. And that's exactly to avoid um, having any missteps Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and av avoiding the special synergies that we didn't want to exist. Right. right? You're, you're already getting this um, huge benefit with these chariots through mobility and, and just through the, having a different tray size, I think like veteran players know the, the impact yeah. that that makes on the battlefield. So we didn't want it to be that easy. Right. And also we were very careful not to make it a cavalry unit or a monster unit. All of mm -hmm. these things, once again, were, were planned ahead of time. Like who would have guessed? <laughs> so, but it's yeah. cool. Like, there are still some synergies there. So like, you know, there's too many, you can still do that diversion tactics is going to be great to maybe get that extra maneuverability. If you're like out of position with them, overwhelming assault, you know, a little limited there when you get to choose your abilities, cause you're probably going to be charging in already. So the reroll attack dice, Maybe not as great. They already have Sundering, but you can still use like Critical Blow. That's awesome. And then Surround and Exposed, like the idea of zipping them up and then like using that to get like additional tokens based on like how you scooted them up. Like this just seems like it opens up so much. I'm just over the moon because it's going to be cool to have a different tray size, a miniature that looks awesome. And then 
uh, it's just something that behaves totally different. Uh, so I'm going to be picking up a bunch. Now you guys said on stream, there is no, uh, no limit to the number that you can have in an, I mean, besides points limits, there's no uh, limit to the number of these in an army. Um, as once again, we went really back and forth on these. And as far as I remember, there is no limit. But I might have oh. to bite my tongue. I gotcha. <laughs> All I, right. I keep asking because I'm like, how many of these can I get? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've talked in the past about like how the first time you give something to like play testers, they'd be like, what happens if I spam this? And I'm like, the first time I saw this, I'm like, uh huh. What happens if I can spam this? Like, I want to have a, like a fleet. It may be ridiculous and horrible, but it's okay. It'll be my ridiculous and horrible. Well, is it? I don't know. Like, oh, I know. You should right? definitely oh. buy a bunch of boxes. Oh, oh I see how it is. Okay. Can I, I want to get like a, can we get a Fabio uh, sculpt that's like, witness me to put up on the front of one? Oh, I, I, I hope so. I hope someone has a conversion. <laughs> As long as they don't make me the guy, the gimp with the electric oh, guitar. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've already opened the wrong can of worms yeah, here. Okay. That's happening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Simon. Are you scared to, to see these on the table across from you? I am now. Now you mentioned that last comment. But, um, <laughs> I, I can't see why anybody would run less than one just because they're so much fun. Um, to have them in pairs when you get two in the box. You, you want to pair these up and like go around the back of a, a, another unit. One thing I will say, though, is that Free Folk are really turning into one of the most varied um, armies. There's so much different type of content, and it's very much in line with the content of the books as well. Um, but it's, it's really cool for players. I'm, I'm happy that you like Free Folk, Chase, because you've got a lot of choice here. But um, there obviously are other factions that people care a lot about, too. The, the coolest thing is like when you put it on the table and you just look at your force, just the shapes, like your army can actually pattern wise and like visually people walking by, like, what are you guys playing? And like, you can have such a varied footprint. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I kind of appreciate that as well. So one question I have to ask is, were these ever frozen shore sleds or were they always chariots? Because someone asked the question about the wheels and I know that people have said, oh, these wheels don't work on snow. So, you know, um, was that a design decision made at some point in time or was, was, or was this always the case? Um, to be very honest, um, once again, since sculpting and artwork is done way in advance, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that these came sculpted to me already. Like, because even if we started developing them gameplay wise, like one, two years ago, um, their scopes were done four years ago or more. So as, as far as I know, they have all been, well, always been chariots, but it's very, very possible that they could have been sleds. So okay, I'd, I'd go with the straight. I don't know there. I'm sorry. I was like, you're going, we're, we, we're not hanging out north of the wall anymore. We're coming down south and, you know, nothing's worse than getting stuck in, you know, uh, Lannister in the, you know, uh, flea bottom with your sled, you know, scraping on the grass, you know. But you know, I think maybe the next unit reveal might keep the free folk out of uh, being south of the wall. All right, these guys. We want to talk about the vanguard. These look like free folk slayers here. This is a pretty scary unit. Simon, what was your take on these? First of all, I really enjoy any Night's Watch uh, cavalry units because they look great, absolutely fantastic. Um, I didn't really know much about the Ranger keyword until it was mentioned in the stream that there might be a possible interaction there as well. Fabio, could you expand on that a little bit? Because I don't want to misspeak here. Yeah, no, there is. A, I guess uh, Michael said it all last time, right? There's a Benjen commander and he is the first ranger. So therefore there is a, a ranger subhouse. Can we call it a subhouse? 
a sub theme, just as the builders, for example, I do believe that the odd one out there will be the stewards, but you never know, you know, like if maybe you can do a steward sub faction with all these like fat guys and then the bread makers, <laughs> just all NCUs. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. I, I, I want that faction for me. That's great. <laughs> but, but the Rangers for sure. And, and those are ones that I've been looking forward to for a long time to reveal as well, because once again, uh, just the Rangers in general, I believe they're one of the core aspects of the Night's Watch faction, and they're finally unfolding, right? Through the band Vanguard, through the Night's Watch Hero 2 box, which is soon, and and, and so on. So, and it's funny because Chase said they are like free folk destroyers, but I don't see it that way. I see them really good at picking out uh, smaller armies with, with That's true. equal or less activations because of the ambush. Yeah, I mean, the panic I was more focusing on, but I guess you're right. The weakened, that'll be useful against, especially like enemies that hit back pretty hard. And then outflank, that's kind of a mixed uh, mixed bag sometimes. Like, I feel like that's something that can be super powerful or like I can totally misplay. Yeah, <laughs> I always get it wrong every <laughs> single time. It's like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> but it's like, you can see how you've already kind of balanced a lot of the threat here. Um, immediately, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Jon Snow's, uh, I think it's like For the Watch is the one where you can replace the tactic zone with a charge. Uh, and it's what the melee, the, the attack zone and the uh, maneuver zone. I was like, oh, these guys can like deploy and it's going to attack you. But since you're sharing that uh, maneuver zone for the outflank, like it kind of balances that out there. So you can already see conceptually how these have been like fit into the 2021 update and how you're thinking so far ahead. Because this unit now, I know because the art book, that was the one people were always yeah. speculating about. Like it was there was like a, a she bear picture and this one, it was always like, have these come out yet? Are they not like, are these the last ones? And so we know that this was, you know, in the Kickstarter, probably pre predating the Kickstarter that that art was there because those art books had to get printed in advance. So this is another one of those units you're talking about, like that was designed at least what, four years ago now? Yeah, even more, I guess, because for four years ago is when the art book got published, right? right. And, and people and, and they, it went to people's homes. So that means there's at least two, three years. Jeez. <laughs> So it's like seven years ago, someone drew that art. <laughs> do, do you ever get in spots like maybe, for example, the 2020 update, 2021 update where a uh, you have to go back and like retool a unit that is still like a year out or more from like being released? You're like, well, with the change to the, you know, how we're tweaking these other units, we're going to you know bump their attack up one or down or uh, that's always the case. Oh, right? man. And, and that's really the time consuming part where people look at it and say like, well, they're only, I'm going to round a number here, but mm -hmm. there are only 60, 60 boxes in a song of ice and fire released, but not really. I'm working with 120 boxes. Oh, geez. Right? So we're always balancing like double. And it's really hard because when it does reach stores and, and people's houses and mm -hmm. so on, and, and when it reaches the player base, you really don't know what's going to happen. Right. right. Because they're, they're going to experiment things. And once again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these boxes that are years right. ahead of time. And then their interactions that let's say they do slip, then, then there's not really much I can do at that point. Right. So, yeah, but, but to address that as well, though, right. Um, you guys have been really good about having updates and changes. And, and I think this was addressed on the stream. Uh, and actually they even give a nod to, I remember when you guys did your first update for the game, 
And there was like a form, I think it was on board game geek or geek where people were like really upset. And they were like, ah, oh, this game, they like, they updated the units. Like, I don't want to play a game that changes. And it was like coming from a war gaming background. I'm like, Oh no, like that's a plus, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and we're some board games out with a shack, but you guys have been really good about updating it. You know, I think we've had discussions about, there's been opinions about the 2021 update, but like, this is a living game, right? You, you always have time to update things. And it seems like, you know, sometimes people just get a little disgruntled about like what they want the timeline to be. And uh, you guys got into the logistics of that, right? Simon, uh, Michael was talking about it. You know, it's like a, a six month minimum turnaround for like printed cards. Mm. That, that's got to be pretty challenging. You know, I'm a proponent of a vintage format when it comes to Song of Ice and Fire. Basically, I want to freeze time just after the Night's Watch starter set came out because that was so much fun then when people didn't know how they worked and you took them to the hobby <laughs> store and you're playing. Like, well, this John Snow's a bit powerful. It's like, yeah, isn't it fun? It's great. You're having a great time. Um, one thing I've noticed about the, the Ranger trackers and the, um, the uh, was it the, uh, the Ranger, Ranger Vanguards, um, is that you've done a fantastic job at not doing the obvious, which is saying, well, should we just incorporate maybe a medium or heavy cavalry? You've actually kept that light cavalry type of look and feel to these, and you've managed to fill it out. So when you're looking at the range of vanguards, it's more about panic and weakness. But I think when you look at the trackers, they're the ones that um, they give out vulnerable. Is that right with Mark Target? Exactly. And they, they work really well alongside each other where yeah. then you have covered the, the whole spectrum, right? Of attacking, defending, and panic. So that's really their point there. And they they do a one-two punch if, if you're smart enough to do it. Perfect. Well, I, I really am looking forward to having a complete Night's Watch mounted army. That's going to be cool. How many of these would you run in the range of vanguards, do you think, normally? You're looking at two or three units of these. I like variety and, mm. and that's my play style and it might even be one of my faults, but I hardly ever have duplicate units in any list in any faction. So personally, if you ask me, I'd say one Ranger Vanguard does more than enough. Right. Yeah. And, and usually repeating units means that you're, you're going to have a blind side, right? So the more variety you have, the more um, tools, you have at your service and the more gaps you can fill. You know, I'd counter that with saying there's also, if you have duplicate units, there's less to remember. And people like <laughs> me sometimes who can be distracted really want to try and keep things as simple as possible so you can actually get just the movement right, let alone some of the rules interactions. But I'm thinking I'm going to buy a couple of these. I think these are going to look great on the table. And I think I really want to try them with the trackers as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. For sure. I'll call you up on a match and, and we'll see if you can really defend the wall. Oh. Against, oh, against the chariots can chariots climb walls we'll, we'll find out i mean that's like we, this will be tested don't worry okay hey speaking of which you uh we i tried to stir the pot a little bit on the in the youtube chats for the live stream about your uh your championship title here uh as the simon champion from your victory over michael chanel and uh someone in the chat the simon chat thing was like yeah we'll try and get fabio to defend it against someone maybe in the brazilian team any any people in mind that you want to like call out or is that something that maybe could happen in the future or any interest uh, in defending your title when things are safe to do so so fr from inside the team i i'm i'm not going to call a co some of names out <laughs> because there are people from other um, departments, from like um, distribution, localization, and, and so on, that they do play the game mm -hmm. from marketing. And there are 
people who are better players than I am Uh-oh. inside our staff, like so, our, our general staff. Don't, don't call them out then. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> don't record them. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. They're not, like, oh, we lost that footage. <laughs> no. uh, but um, I'd say that from the development team here in Brazil, probably the person who has the best chance of beating me is uh, Leo Almeida. The, oh. one of the designers from mm. Masters of the Universe. He was one of the original developers for the project. So the original core rules um, have a lot of his fingers there. And he is a, just an amazing player in any game. Usually he'll be the, the, the first one to figure out, you know, the shenanigans. And yeah. you, you, I always feel like I'm a, li- I'm a little late to the party. Wasn't he like a world ranked Hearthstone player? Like, uh... Yeah, like yeah, he top was. Top 10, you know. So, all right, well, that sounds like, those sound like fighting words there. Leo, if yeah. you're listening, and I hope you are, uh, we got to get you uh, free folk, I think, maybe. I mean, there's these chariots. That'd be cool to see uh, take it for a run. I'd also like to point out that Leo is quite the accomplished dancer as well, which we saw on the Hebrew <laughs> stream. <laughs> go, go check out the Masters of the Universe panel from CMON Expo. It's towards the end. Uh, and if you are a fan of He-Man memes, we saw an in-person rendition of that. Oh, that is not to be missed. Uh, so if it's not in a Song of Ice and Fire match-off, maybe Fabio a dance-off could be in order. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that wasn't an affirmative noise. That was, I think <laughs> if you throw down like that, Chase, you really have to go first. You, you, you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, fair enough. And then, okay, so back to a Song of Ice and Fire. Then you guys left off with you. You're kind of breaking the internet here with a taste of things to come, and you splashed up an image of... Of 10 miniatures. And the most important thing I think we saw immediately was that there was a free folk riding a bear. Um, so maybe that's the that's the main focal point here. No, 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 not at all. I think it was the rather large red miniature in the middle of the screen that most people notice, first of all, Chase. What? No, 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 no. Hear me yeah. out. So no, 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 no. is that a grizzly bear? I don't know, a polar bear? I mean, so, you know, fun fact: grizzly bears can run like 35 miles an hour and they can climb trees. I'm protecting this unit can climb trees. I'm just putting it out there. Fabio, any, uh, you, anything? Is that, um, do bears climb walls? We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Should we have bears riding chariots? Oh, there we go. Now there's a conversion. It's been all bear (laughs) army, uh, skin changer possessed army, but yeah, let's, let's jump in talking about the, uh, the sculpture. So, you know, Simon, you brought up the, that mountain, that ride sculpt. That's just like, dominating the picture there well we assume it is we don't actually know what anything is in this picture so um fabio can you just go from left to right and sort of name each of the models for us please oh yeah yeah for sure uh okay. we'll start with um good luck and and yeah, i guess you'll have to <laughs> what, is, what does that out? mean good luck that, what is it? it's a code is it uh these are fantastic sets of sculpts. It leads to a lot of speculation here though the the lannister so so one thing that threw us off a little bit was the coloring of some of the renders are a little bit different. And that's just the image quality. Can you confirm or deny that? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll confirm that to avoid um, <laughs> too rampant of speculation. Because okay. someone was like, that Lannister, that Jamie Lannister looks like a uh, purple. And uh, is that, you know... Um, is it in the book, the next book? Is it a Targaryen <laughs> one now or something? And everyone's like, what? 
And that one you actually revealed on the CMON Instagram page not too long ago. So if you guys aren't on the CMON Instagram page, make sure you check out that. They sometimes drop little hints and spoilers as well, like hidden in their, their posts, as well as some pretty amazing uh, promo stories starring yours truly, Fabio Curry. Are, are any more of those coming down the line? You're like promos of like the Greyjoy box. like. So yeah, um, first of all, I had a lot of fun doing those and they just told me like, oh, go wild. So I did. <laughs> and, I love and, it. Marketing got the joke and I have a lot of those videos recorded. It really now depends on when they want to use those assets. Right. And well, just to clarify, there are no new factions being spoiled in, in that image. Okay. Right. It's, it's just a matter of like the renders and, and being images from like different places. Cause you're so going to yeah, want to spoil the next faction that's coming up in something coming up. Right. Um, next faction is the rubber ascensive <laughs> chase. Not a He's too good. All right. Oh man. You try. You try. All right. I gotta, I gotta work on my game there. I gotta, I gotta step it up. Um, one thing which is good here is that we're seeing the return of spears, a lot of spears in these. And I think that's, that's going to be great. You can see there that, uh, obviously we've got one on the top of the bear, but, uh, looks to be like a couple of Baratheon units there maybe. And, um, a dark gray one, maybe that's Night's Watch, but you know, we've got quite a few spears going on. So I'm a big fan of those. Yeah. And once again, like what I really like about the sculpts that we do when the spears get too long, something that Kominir not does that is amazing is that they use different types of plastics. Yeah. Huh. So it, it they don't go bendy and, and wobbly. You know, sometimes when you you get pre-assembled miniatures and all their spears are just like kind yeah. of wobbly and tilted Ooh. to the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that doesn't happen to us. It's like almost like an anti-smoking ad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you already you already uh, sort of crushed some hopes and dreams here because I was like, oh, that Night's Watch sculpt, like, who, what could that be? Who could that be? And I was like, you know, maybe this could be like the stewards don't really aren't known for fighting, but like in times of need can defend the wall. And I was like, maybe it's a steward thing. But then when you were talking earlier and being like, stewards, bah. So, all right, that crosses out that conspiracy theory here. I think a lot of this is for the viewer to sort of look at and research, read the books. I think if you look at some of the descriptions, some of the units and, and look at the literature, you could probably figure a lot of these out. Um, and I think some people have made some good guesses already, but, uh, you know, we'll have to be patient. It's not all about having this information now. These are a taste of things to come. So uh, let's be patient and wait and see what comes down the pipe. But I don't want and to be patient. It's so cool. Gonna have to be. <laughs> You'll get them before the winds of winter. So. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, that's not reassuring. Yeah. 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 Wait a second. Now you've done messed up. That can only go one of two ways. Now it's like dropping tomorrow and be like, "Oops." Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we have a longer timeline than we'd hope. Simon, any any other one on here that stands out to you before we start to wrap things up? Um, you know the Stark type. Uh, looking figures, I, I kind of went off the Starks for a while. You know, the, the first faction that most people gravitated towards with the Stark and Lannister box set. But looking at some of the more recent sculpts and seeing the ones here, I'm kind of thinking that I might have to get those out and actually finish painting them. I think that's it is a it's a very strong faction. It's, it's probably one of the most iconic uh, beside the Lannisters within the whole of the the IP itself. But uh, I, it's one of those issues that I've got now is what am I going to stop collecting first? Because this yeah. is a struggle. You know, I'm looking at these thinking I can't keep buying everything. I'm running out of space for boxes now. It's becoming a bit of embarrassing. 
how many boxes are there out now? You said there was like 60 units. Is that right, Fabio? Oh, let's say that at, at least each faction has reached their um their 10th box. Yeah. So there's like 90 boxes, give or take. Some... That's too much. And I don't yeah. throw the boxes away either. I've not got to that stage yet. Yeah. They're really good for storage. So it's yeah, I'd have to start hiding them away or depositing them maybe in the loft or something out of the way. And you start buying multiples, you know, exactly, like, hey, my yeah. chariot fleet because, you know, just reasons. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's I'm in the same thing. And Michael on stream made an often a comment about a, a, a mage Mormont commander and the she bears are so cool. And like now I'm like, wow, you know, oh, my gosh. And the car star experiment you showed off before, mm. not this stream, but last like now I'm like, oh, maybe I do want to jump in with Starks again. And uh, yeah. Good, good problems to have. Yeah, for me, the Starks the kind of army that I want to get painted. So if I'm playing against someone new, I can say, here's the Stark army that you can play with because they recognize mm. all the characters and they're going to be very comfortable with it because it is um, that kind of army that you can get to grips with quite quickly. It's not like the Lannisters where there's interplay and reliance on your opponent. You can actually just follow through with your plans and it's very, very rewarding. So, uh, yeah, well, let's wait and see what happens. I don't know. Fabio, are you uh, collecting? And I know you're uh, you, you enjoy you appreciate Baratheons. Are you collecting any uh, particular armies, or I guess as this is your job, you just do it all? <laughs> I, I like them all, and I try to do it all. It's for me personally, it's really hard to get one of each. Although that's really my my long term plan. Like my 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 long goal is yep. to eventually, you know, like. Um, my, my grandchildren one day find out like all these boxes of like grandpa's game or something. <laughs> this guy was crazy. Yeah. Grandpa Curry's basement is going in. What is this stuff? <laughs> but yeah, right now I, I'm also having problems just fitting in um, my, my miniatures just in general. I'm, I'm in, in hobby wise. I'm, I'm really into dioramas right now. Yeah. So, and they occupy a lot of room. Any chance we get a shot of one of your dioramas here that we could showcase? Well, just show, if you're uh, watching, we, I know some of you do watch this on YouTube. We'll throw up the image here so you guys can check it out. We'll post it maybe on social media if that's okay for Fabio. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, to check out this uh, the diorama. So these are the sorts of things you're doing. Yeah, and then I give them away, right? Because I don't have the space. So I just <laughs> make one and give it to a friend or something. I hope they do have the space. It doesn't go to the bin. So so other some other person's grandkids are like, why did Grandpa <laughs> have all these things from Fabio Curry? <laughs> you know, um, one question I've got is, are there any questions that people don't ask you that you normally expect? Because when you have this sort of sort of like Q&A session during these um, uh, sort of previews, do you sometimes expect a question? You just don't get it and you think, oh, OK, well, people aren't, haven't thought about that or not interested. Um, to be very honest, and I don't want to seem like um, arrogant and it's not as a, I haven't seen any new questions in a long time, hmm. mostly because the questions are renewable, right? You can ask the same question six months apart. And what's the next unit? What's the next faction? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and also, these are the questions people want answered first. Yeah. So I think like in an hour's time, people want to get back to like the main questions and get them solved. And and then there's never time for the, the really unexpected or curveball questions. Hmm. Well, I guess that's a challenge to everybody listening then is when we do your um, sort of monthly or bi-monthly updates, then if people can maybe uh, think up a question they can ask you that which may not be asked before, that might be kind of a cool thing. What's your star sign? What's your Chinese? Ooh, uh, what's, your, what's your zodiac? <laughs> yeah, what is your sign? I'm, I'm curious. 
Uh, me? Yes. Yeah. What do you got? I'm a Gemini, but I don't really know what that means or what that implies. You strike him as a Gemini for sure. Well, Geminis are, are volatile yeah. beings uh, that are inquisitive, intelligent, and great thinkers. <laughs> they tend to remain in one location and they're highly competent and they can quickly persuade others to accept their own thoughts and beliefs. Oh, no wonder I'm the developer then. Yeah, it was in the stars all along. What do you chase? What's your... I'm, I'm a Pisces. Okay. Same as my sister. There we go. Surprise. No. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, and Simon, where do you? What are you? This has become the uh, the astrological uh, It is. I'm sure episode. people like to hear this. I'm a Libra. Oh. A balanced individual. Gotcha. Now I'm looking up these like relationship things here. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. okay. Well, that's what people were. That's the hot news, guys. You heard it here first. Fabio Curry, Gemini. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he's already taken out there. So all you ladies, the heartbreaker, he's, he's, uh, he's happily married now. So he's off the market. <laughs> yeah. But there's still a lot of, um, war gamers around there, ladies. Don't worry. <laughs> Just go to the yeah. there's, there's no shortage. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fabio, thanks so much for jumping on here and, uh, fantastic stuff. We're really excited to see where the, where the game is going. And we're looking forward to these upcoming chats and all the great stuff you're doing. Thank you very much. And I'm always really happy to be here. And I really like these lighthearted conversations <laughs> with, with you guys. So once again, thank you very much. And I hope we do um, see each other again and I, that you do invite me more. Sounds good. And so uh, remember, guys, the big recaps today. Make sure if you haven't already, you check out the CMON live streams. Those replays are up on YouTube. Uh, Lee Almeida, you've been called out. So watch out. You better start training. I want to see some Rocky montages. And uh, for everyone else joining us, thank you so much. And in the meantime, we hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs> <laughs>